Welcome to episode four of Titans of Hospitality. We are so excited to introduce Kevin Davis, America's CEO of JLL Hotels and Hospitality. Kevin is the Chief Executive Officer of JLL Hotels and Hospitality Americas, where he's responsible for investment sales, debt and equity placement, strategic advisory and asset management. Since joining JLL in 2013, he has been involved in more than $20 billion of hotel debt and equity financing. And without further ado, let's welcome Mr. Kevin Davis. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Ricky. Great to be here. Let's get started with this. Given your extensive experience in both the hospitality industry and capital markets, can you share some key insights on how these two areas intersect and influence each other, especially in today's economic climate? Yeah, absolutely, Ricky. And again, appreciate the opportunity to be here. So it's pretty interesting in that um, the, the intersection between hospitality uh, fundamentals and the capital markets actually couldn't be more diametrically opposed, frankly, uh, because on the one hand, you have generally strong fundamentals uh, in terms of operating performance uh, in most markets. ADR is more than recovered uh, relative to 2019. Uh, occupancy is still trending higher in many markets. It has not fully recovered, but certainly RevPAR has recovered nationally about 113% relative to 2019. Um, so we are seeing strong operating performance um, in the current environment, strong economy, unemployment continues to be low. Um, so great from a fundamental perspective, but the paradox is the capital markets, frankly, are a mess. And so it uh, it's a bit more challenging to sell a hotel. One of the things I, I will want to talk about is just asset pricing and how asset pricing is changing. Uh, it's also more expensive to finance a hotel. There's a lot of liquidity out there, but the cost of debt is significantly higher today than it was, say, 18 months ago. And so you have this capital markets dynamic where um, hotel valuations are under pressure. There's less liquidity uh, among investors to buy hotels, and the cost of debt is challenging, which is juxtaposed to a really strong operating environment. So it's just this interesting paradox that, that we're existing in today. And frankly, this has really been the case over the last, call it 12 to 14 months, particularly since the Fed started its tightening cycle uh, really in March of 2022. Uh, the capital markets environment has gotten more constrained, while over the course of that period, operating fundamentals have generally continued to improve. Thanks, Kevin. And do you remember the last time you've seen such an environment in the in the past decade or so? Um, no, I mean we we there were, there were certainly periods in the expansion from call it 2010 to 2019 where you had continual improvement in operating performance. Uh, look, that period was generally defined as a period of slow growth. Um, right. You know, we, we were typically one to two, maybe two and a half percent GDP growth. We never saw the outsized growth, certainly not like we're seeing today. Um, but there were periods where we were continuing to improve from a fundamental perspective. Um, but the Fed started tightening on several occasions. So the capital market seized up um, while the fundamentals were strong. Um, but again, these were typically short term situations where 
you know, rates might, credit spreads might gap out. This would typically last for call it, you know, 12 months that things would get better and the market would pick back up. But it's fundamentally different today because the posture of the Fed um, is very different today than it was then. Again, at certain points in the recovery from 2010, again, until COVID, there were certain points where the Fed would start a tightening cycle, but then would quickly unwind as it started to see weakening economic growth. We certainly didn't have the inflation like we see today. So this is, this is so yes, there have been some uh, historical comparisons over the past, call it, you know, 12 to 15 years, but nothing to the same degree. The biggest difference, frankly, is inflation, and the Fed is aggressively raising the Fed funds rate to curtail inflation, um, which never really got out of hand in the 2010 to 2019 period uh, like it has in the post-COVID period. So not not quite good historical precedents in, in the recent past. And then bigger picture, I mean, we've not experienced inflation of this magnitude since the early 1980s. So I think for most people that are in the hospitality business, um, very few actually uh, were around when Paul Volcker ran the Fed and interest rates were, you know, 17, 18 percent. Um, so uh, certainly for people in the business, this is uh, this is a relatively new experience. And I think we're all navigating through this together. Yeah, thank you for that comparison. So, Kevin, you've been involved in a remarkable amount of hotel debt and equity financings throughout your career. Can you provide some advice or strategies for individuals or companies looking to secure financing for their hospitality projects, particularly in light of the industry's recent challenges that you just mentioned? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, they should just call me. That was a joke. Um, no, but seriously, um, you know, what's interesting is you're right. We talked about some of the challenges with liquidity out there. I think it's um, a, a lot of people are under the misconception that there's not a lot of liquidity for refinancing and nothing could be further from the truth. There is ample liquidity and I would argue today that there's more liquidity for uh, hotel financing than there was 14, 18 months ago. The challenge is that it's just more expensive. So Can if you-, you look at the cost of borrowing going back in early 22, we were looking at credit spreads of call it so for plus 300 to 450 basis points, uh, as a general matter, credit spreads are not that tight now. They're probably call it 400 to 550, so they're a little wider. But the biggest difference is that the index, the SOFR index, instead of being 25 basis points, is over 5%. And so the cost of debt is is that much more expensive because because of the index. But there's there's ample liquidity out there my advice would be um, start your process early. Everything takes quite a bit longer to get done. Uh, lenders are focused on dotting I's and crossing T's and making sure that their underwriting is incredibly uh, well done. And so there's a real focus on understanding the asset, understanding the business plan. You know, it was really interesting uh, during the COVID period, um, which which takes me back to my early days. I started out as a lender. Uh, in CMBS 1.0, and I remember back in 2003, 2004, 2005, we were doing quote unquote pro forma underwriting. So the trailing 12 would be X, but as lenders, we were underwriting 120, 150% of X. We were giving owners credit for the ramp up. Uh, That all but went away post GFC until COVID. 
uh, because everybody's cash flow generally went to zero or went to negative, if you wanted to lend in 2021 or early 2022, you were generally buying into a ramping story in the hospitality business because 2020 was abysmal and uh, that started to burn off in 2021. So if you look back over the past couple of years, there's actually been a lot of pro forma underwriting where people leaned in um, based on uh, assets ramping. And what we're finding now is, look, in many cases, the assets have ramped, but in a number of cases, the assets haven't. And so mm -hmm. the lenders are concerned about the borrower's ability to refinance. I say all that to say, um, particularly with the tightening um, of the Fed funds rate um, and the possibility of a slowdown slash recession, I think lenders are being particularly careful in their underwriting. And so, again, the advice being start early and your conversations with lenders to enable yourself enough time to get a financing done. Yeah, that's a great point. And hopefully, uh, while they're going through that, we can see some differences happening in the market. Uh, Kevin, looking ahead, what do you see as the most significant challenges and opportunities for the hospitality industry? And what advice would you offer to professionals aiming to thrive in this dynamic environment? So I've called 2024 um, the year of the great recalibration. And what I mean by that is most owners uh, underwrote their assets, built their assets uh, in a four to 5% all in cost of debt environment. That's how these capital structures were put together with that assumption. We're now in an eight to 10% cost of debt environment. So most of the capital structures in place today were not built for the current environment, i.e. not built to sustain long-term cost of debt at the levels where they are. Uh, and I think the view among most people in the market is that we are in a higher for longer environment using the popular vernacular, meaning that rates will likely stay in this zone for the foreseeable future. And look, if you think about it, I mean, I go back to, again, early 2000s when I started in the lending side of the business, uh, it was pretty common to have a 6%, six and a quarter, six and a half, even 7% interest rate for a hotel loan. Uh, we got spoiled with rates at, you know, three and a half, four, four and a half, five percent 5%. But now we're in the eight to 10% zone. So I, I think rates will be much closer to the historical norm. That's somewhere between six and 7%. Um, but that creates challenges again, because people bought assuming a lower cost of debt. And so something has to give, either the operating performance has to improve pretty significantly to justify uh, sustained high valuations uh, and or valuations have to come down um, unless the cost of debt comes down or there's likely some combination of cost of debt moderating, operating performance improving, et cetera. But what I think will happen, and this is a generic comment, not necessarily applicable to all assets, but I do think that there will be meaningful pressure on asset values as a result of the sustained period of higher cost debt. Uh, again, unless operating performance continues to run pretty pretty significantly. So, look, I think that's the opportunity um, as assets get repriced. Uh, look, the other thing is foreign capital, while it started to return to the U.S., both from an inbound investment perspective, but also from a foreign travel perspective, we're really early days in that right now. And so I think there's a lot of upside on the other side of that as foreign travel returns and as foreign investors return. 
I was looking at a statistic uh, uh, for New York City, and we looked at foreign investment in hospitality in New York City from 2015 to 2019. Um, over that period, it was in excess of $8 billion. Um, in the period of 2020 to 2023, there's been less than $1.5 billion of foreign inbound investment. So what that tells me is that a lot of the biggest buyers of hotels in New York City pre-COVID haven't come back. So if you're an owner in New York City now, or you're buying into New York City now, I think one of the tailwinds that you'll benefit from, one, is as foreign travelers come back to the market, that will obviously improve operating fundamentals. But two, as foreign capital comes back into the market, uh, and many of these buyers are lower cost of capital, uh, those are the folks that you will be selling to. And so I think to own in markets like New York City, uh, Boston, Washington, D.C., um, is, is an incredibly good prospect today because as those markets recover and as foreign capital comes back and as foreign visitors come back, uh, those are, that's got to be a boost, one, to operating performance and two, to liquidity in the marketplace. So that's a long answer, but uh, no, great information. Great information. Uh, thanks. And last, last question, Kevin. Yeah. In the rapidly changing landscape of the hospitality industry, what emerging trends or innovations do you find most exciting or disruptive? And how do you see them shaping the future of the sector? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, the notion of artificial intelligence and how AI is going to change travel and change the guest experience, I think is something that I'm really focused on. Um, the ability to have, so just from an operations perspective, I think the ability for um, artificial intelligence to collate more information to help us think about yield management, what demand trends are going to be like, et cetera. I think that will make us smarter in how we price rooms and how we deliver service to our customers. Uh, so that that's one of the areas I'm, I'm really focused on. Uh, and then also from a guest experience perspective, again, as more information is known about us individually as guests, our travel preferences, uh, hotel stay preferences, types of rooms we like, types of experiences that we like uh, when we travel. I think hotel owners and the brands will be able to cater um, much more bespoke experiences to travelers, which is something that I think people will appreciate. Look, there are two sides to that coin. Um, on the one hand, there's the privacy concern that I know a lot of us have as it relates to people having a lot of information about you and then tailoring preferences. But on the other side, it's always nice when people are giving you services and goods that that really cater to things that are of interest. So I, I think AI is one of the things. And also, look, from a technology perspective, you know, our business is interesting in the sense that we are um, not not only consumer facing, but it's it's interactive. And a lot of what makes us special is the one on one experience. But look, society has evolved over time. And if you think of what luxury used to be like 20 years ago, it was a much more personal, let me get your bag out of the car, let me help you to the room. But over yeah. time, younger travelers have said, you know what, I'm good, I can carry my own bag, I don't need you to wait on me, but I do need you to think about like, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of coffee I like or, England. you know, other things that cater to the traveler without necessarily um, sort of being under them on a, on a daily basis. I, what I mean is that as more technology is introduced into hotels and the guest experience, there's probably going to be more of a gap between hoteliers and their customers. 
And I think the key will be introducing the technology while also maintaining a personal connection so that people don't think when they check into a hotel, they're dealing with technology, they're not dealing with a person. I think there's got to be a nice interplay between the, the interpersonal uh, experience between the hotelier and the guest coupled with the technology. So look, it's an opportunity. It's also a challenge as, as we evolve. Amazing. Thank you so much, Kevin Davis, for your incredible insight into the world of finance, hospitality, and also AI. Really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.